Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Nick Talks. This topic comes <laughs> comes to me because of an experience I had yesterday. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I don't know, I know that I've talked a lot before about growing up as like a gifted and talented child um, and like a lot of the anxieties that come with that. I've also talked about kind of in the same vein of being a sports kid. Um, and if you were a sports kid, then more than likely you had a fucking sports dad, um, which can be the fucking worst. And I know that, but also like a lot of athletes and stuff, like they so often they fucking credit their usually dad. It's usually the dad, like the sports parent is usually the dad for pushing them and, you know, <clears throat> and, and making them, you know, the best versions of themselves and all that stuff. And I'm sure that somewhere out there in one in the million, there's a sports parent or sports dad that's actually doing it in a, doing that in a healthy way that's not actually low-key fucking abusing their children and, um, you know, possibly contributing to them developing an anxiety disorder later on in life. Um, but, um, highly doubt it. Um, and the sad thing about this is that I feel like this demographic of people that I'm talking about and trying to talk to really are not going to hear what the fuck I'm saying. Um, for whatever reason, I think that a lot of sports dads project their their unfulfilled dreams like many toxic fucking parents do project their unfulfilled dreams onto their children and push them to become those things that they probably I don't know never could in their childhood because of whatever whatever reasons um and like you know just like honestly like you'll know, push their child to be you know quote unquote the best version of themselves for selfish reasons and it's not even like really the best version of themselves like i know my dad like he wanted to join the air force because his dad was in the air force he wanted to play pro ball or like he was going to but i don't know like something happened that now he resents his fucking mom for and he couldn't join the air force because of I don't know, some physical whatever. And so guess what? Guess who he pushed into doing sports and into going into the Air Force? That's right. Fucking me. Um, and, <clears throat> and so, like, I wish when I was playing sports and, and really doing anything when I was young that, that someone had told me, hey... It's just a game. I I really do I really do wish that because this I because I'm already co like naturally a competitive person, but the way that uh, but the way that my dad just emotionally scarred me by quote unquote pushing me like really instilled this very deep rooted idea in my mind that losing is truly not an option and if you lose the moments in which you lose you are inherently a loser and you lose your worth basically um if you do anything less than perfect then you you lose your worth 
Um, now, I'm thinking about this now because, like, yesterday I... <coughs> Jack, stop it. Fucking dog. Yesterday I entered a Taekwondo tournament, right? And, um, and this is my first Taekwondo tournament ever. Um, I've always wanted to do martial arts. I never got to. Um, it's just one of those things that, um, my parents couldn't afford to put me in when I was younger. Um, again, because my stupid dad, um, <laughs> um, couldn't afford to put me in, um, and, you know, I did a little martial arts and stuff, like, in the military and everything. Um, but I joined, but I started doing Taekwondo years ago just to, like, honestly, to to get in shape, but also to help, you know, control my anger and, like, my PTSD. I heard that martial arts was really great for people with PTSD. And so I've been doing it for, like, a few years now. I was a little off and on during the, pan, during the pandemic, like, during the, during quarantine. But... But I'm, but I, you know, I got back at it, and um, <clears throat> and I, and I did my very first tournament yesterday. Now I was telling my like leading up to that, le- leading up to the actual fight, I was telling myself, you know, me and my husband, like, you know what, this is my first time, you know, I'm trying to see competitions differently than I used to when I was younger, when I was playing basketball and stuff like that and tennis. You know, this is my very first tournament. Um, you know, I don't really know exactly what to expect. Um, if I win, great. If I lose, you know, it's okay. It's not the end of the world, you know. It's just a, it's just a competition. It's just a game. And whatever happens, like, I'm supposed to be here to do it for fun. I'm supposed to do it to learn and then get better and then come back and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, whether I lose or not, I planned on rewarding myself with an Apple Watch, which I did. I did reward myself with an Apple Watch. If you're watching this on video, you see the Apple Watch. I'm going to reward myself with an Apple Watch and everything. Um, and and I was really not, like, I was pretty calm throughout, you know, the day because it took a while for me to get to the mat for my fight, and I was pretty calm throughout the day, and I was almost worried about how calm I was, and I re- and I remembered that I was really just, I was really afraid of going to compete in anything, period, for a really long time. I've really staved away from competition ever since I got diagnosed with PTSD, and just struggling to get my anxiety and PTSD and depression under control via medication, via, you know, daily routines and everything, because that, now that this wasn't a disorder that I developed, now competition and the idea of losing was something that could possibly put me into literally, like, mental distress. Um, and and, and And it was something that, you know, I was already trained to do by my father, you know, who, when I would lose, when I, when my team would lose a game in basketball, he would have me up in the morning at like four in the morning to go run basketball drills of the things that I, that I sucked at, you know, like he would yell at me and all this shit. Like it was just, you know, like shit like that. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and he would call me stupid and dumb and, and, and things like that. Um, and, uh, and I just, I just been really, I was really, I had been really nervous to enter into any kind of competitive environment period because I didn't know how my body was going to react really 
intuitively i have learned so much like in therapy and stuff like look like it's not that fucking serious you know like you know trying to like you know access that inner child and let that inner child know like hey this is okay you know you still have worth you know it's just a game and um and i did fight and i ended up losing and and the minute i i lost all of that went out the window I feel like I reverted back 20 years and I was trying my absolute best not to. I cried like I I was I was a sore loser. <laughs> I really was a sore loser. Which is something that my dad used to glorify. He was like like when I would like beat myself up, literally beat and like throw my things down on the ground when I lost. He would like encourage that cuz he was like, "Yeah, you should be that angry." Like, yeah, you should feel fucking bad. Like, yeah, you should hate yourself. And I fucking did. And it was literally like a few minutes, a, a few minutes of a fight. This is my first, this is my first like fight in Taekwondo ever. I didn't get injured, <laughs> you know, like apparently according to my, my master, like I did pretty fucking well. You know, the points just weren't landing the way, you know, just because of precision and stuff like that. Apparently, I did pretty fucking well. Um, and I was and I was even telling myself stuff like, like, hey, I, th like, I'm disabled. Like, more than just PTSD. I have a bad hip. I have a bad back. I have bad knees. I cannot kick as high as some people. And I'm, I'm small. Like, there's just a lot going against me right now. But I, but I do it anyway. I train anyway, and I work to, like, overcorrect for all of these disabilities that I have every day because I really do enjoy Taekwondo, you know? It really has helped me a lot in regulating my emotions and getting fit and staying fit. Um, and it's a great skill set for me to have as an actor who wants to do action films and I, I want to be a Marvel hero someday, like... This is great. Like I, you know, I, I, I gave myself that slack before I even entered the ring, and then it happened, and it was like a visceral reaction. I really like. I feel like it was like a post-traumatic. It was like a, it was an episode. It was like a post-traumatic <laughs> stress episode, because I felt like eleven, twelve years old again, and the craziest thing was like nobody was telling me that I should fucking hate myself except for me. My husband, my my master, or, or like, you know, coach or, you know, sensei as some of you might, you know, <laughs> understand it even though Taekwondo is, is not Japanese, it's Korean. Um, you know, telling me that he, uh, I did a good job and, you know, you know, and not to get mad at myself that this is my first time that I should be proud that I even did it, you know. And and my husband's like, hey, you know, you said, you know, you, you, you say, you know, we're going to get an Apple Watch regardless of the outcome of this match. You know, you're going to reward yourself for even doing this because this is a big deal for you to And at 29 years old, almost 30. Like, like not a lot of people, you know, at the at your age can even do this. Um <clears throat> Like, it, literally everyone else around me is telling me, like, it's okay, you know? Like, you should be proud of myself. And the only person who is telling myself that, like, you should want to fucking literally throw yourself off a cliff is myself. 
and the voice that's echoing my in my head is the motherfucker that I previously have called father. Like, I was in emotional distress. I had to take a Xanax for losing a, a two-minute fight in an environment that I've never been really in before. And I could not... Like, as much as, as, much as grown-up Nikki wanted to, inner child Nikki did, was not allowing me to give myself any grace whatsoever. And I wanted so bad, like, I wanted nothing more in that moment to, like, just shut that fucking inner child up. I was like, just shut the fuck up. You're not making any sense right now. Don't you realize, like, we've learned our lesson. Like, we, we've learned from this. We know that this doesn't mean that much. But because of how deep-rooted that trauma was, because... This man taught me that, you know, <clears throat> he never taught me the value in losing and, and, and make, you know, and, and being able to like go over the things that you did and, and improve upon it. He never taught me the value of losing or learning to sit with, you know, the feeling of failure, but not identifying yourself with the failure, you know, because this man made me, you know, equate self-worth with how many things that I could accomplish and win and how many times I could, you know, sc you know, score the gold. Because of that, 29-year-old me now has issues still with competition and with, with just, just like... Just these little, these little things. And, and there's things that because of, because he pushed me so hard and, and instilled these ideas into my head while pushing me and in not a healthy way, they're just things that I've stepped away from because they are such a huge source of trauma that I, that I'm incapable of enjoying it. I tried playing tennis once you know, with my husband, and I was, and it was, like, it was just with my husband, and the reaction that I, that I exuded from losing a match to my husband, which is so much lower stakes even than this tournament I was in yesterday, was explosive. It was, like, literally just as bad as my reaction at the tournament, if not worse, and we exam and I had to examine this and realize like my dad made me hate tennis like because of how hard he pushed me in tennis in a very you know similar way and so now we're like okay I can't play tennis like <laughs> uh, like yeah I you know unless I like I, I really like like it's just it's a trigger tennis is a tennis tennis is a fucking trigger for me because later on down the road I develop post-traumatic post stress disorder compounded not only from my childhood but because of things that happened in the military because I have PTSD. Now the fucking sport of tennis is a trigger. You know how fucking annoying that is? Basketball even was a trigger. kind of still remains one. And I was able to kind of take that back, um, you know, 
sometime, some, you know, in the military because I would play for recreation a little more. And I think my dad gave up kind of a little bit on the idea of me playing basketball professionally because, I don't know, I was like fucking 90 pounds and five foot three. Like, the fuck? He, he, you know, like, I, I remember I got into a car crash when I was like, in my sophomore year when I was 15. And it was so bad I got whiplash, I had to be taken away in an ambulance to the emergency room. And I remember that my first thought was, thank God, I will not, because I will not, I won't, I won't, I won't have to go to basketball practice for at least two weeks because I got injured in a car crash and I was happy. At the time, I thought that was hilarious, but now I'm like, what the fuck did you do to me? That I was happy to be in a car crash. <laughs> what the fuck did you do to me? That was like the best. That was like the best two weeks of my sophomore year. I that I wouldn't have to play basketball. And that's still something that I don't really do that often, you know. Either clarinet, man. Like I used to, you know. I'm a jazz. I'm a jazz clarinetist, and I'm very good. I was very good. I was a prodigy. And my dad pushed me in that too. He made me practice that shit for hours. Like in the bathroom of the hotel that we lived in because he bankrupted us. Like <clears throat> hours. And I'm, when I say hours, I mean like three, four, five hours. Same thing with singing. Um, now, like, now, like in, in a professional sense, like you should not be singing more than three hours straight per day as a singer singing playing the clarinet <clears throat> for almost like the entire afternoon no fucking breaks and if I had a subpar performance or and by subpar I mean making literally any fucking mistake or not doing something exactly the way we rehearsed it was like the world fucking ended it was like <clears throat> it was like I crashed the car it was like I killed somebody you know I don't, and, um, you know, fast forward to now, like, I, I have that clarinet sitting in the, in the closet, and there is nothing that is calling, that thing is not, that it has not, nothing has called to me to pick that thing up in years. Years. I know the muscle memory's there, but there is nothing calling to me to pick that thing up. <coughs> the joy is gone. The joy is completely gone. The joy was almost taken out for performing completely and singing completely. If I didn't join theater in high school, like musical theater, and I didn't land the role of Sandy in Greece, and I, if I didn't like claim it as my own, maybe then maybe performing and singing might have been something that that I would have lost passion and joy for because of him. And that just as a possibility is something that I will resent that man for for the rest of my fucking life. Like the fact that you could have taken this, what I'm doing right now, podcasting, performing, you know, creating, you would have taken this from me because of how you fucking conditioned me, how you made me think that I was worthless if I was not perfect. You could have done that to me like you did so many other things. I hate him for that. I will resent him for that forever. <clears throat> And the reaction that I had at the tournament yesterday just reminded me of that. And 
and I guess what I'm saying is like I guess I'm kind of speaking to two groups of people I'm speaking to people like me that have been through things like that and I really encourage you to do the work that I'm trying to do which is like to let my inner child know that it is okay to be less than perfect and you know and to really like just start to you know equate self-worth to something other than winning winning games games you know at the end of the day it's just a game and i wish someone had told me that this taekwondo tournament it was a game i was on fighting for my fucking life you know i wasn't fighting for my life it wasn't mma or anything either like it was just it was a very controlled tournament <clears throat> i wish someone had told me that and I'm like, and if you grew up the same way that I did, and if you feel the same way that I do as an adult, that's probably like work that we're gonna have to do now to 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 help our inner child learn, relearn. We have to reparent the inner child to let ourselves know that <coughs> it is okay to not be perfect, that there's value in in having shortcomings, and in in and in like reviewing the game film and seeing what you did wrong. There's value in that. And there's joy in winning, of course, but it's not everything. And now to the would-be sports parents, which are most likely to be sports dads. Like, you know, like, get over whatever fucking insecurities you have about the shit that you didn't accomplish or whatever the fuck in your childhood that's what too late for you and you want to force that upon your kids or whatever, honestly, whatever fucking reason that you have for being the way that my dad was. <clears throat> now, a lot of athletes, you know, like I said, a lot of athletes will credit their dads and their, you know, parents, whatever, for like, they pushed me, you know, like they did all these outlandish things, all these outlandish things to me, which like in hindsight, it sounds really fucking abusive. Yeah, but, you know, I wouldn't be the player that I am today if it wasn't for him. Okay, cool. I wouldn't be successful this successful today if it wasn't for him. Cool. <clears throat> if that's what success means to you. I wonder what their family life is like though. What's your social life like? What's your character like? What is your emotional regulation looking like, homie? Like, yeah, you're a great fucking player. You're a great athlete. You're this, you're that. How is the other stuff though? I wonder. Because I guess it just dis- depends on what you me- what you measure success as. Because if all you fucking want to do <clears throat> is be able to hit really hard or shoot a ball very well, cool. What about the other stuff though? Because is that gonna be a- is that enough for you to have a fulfilling life? You know, what? how are your relationships? How is your temper? How is your anger? Like, how is any unresolved trauma? How is that some of that trauma? Have you resolved that shit? <clears throat> you know, how, how is your attachment? <laughs> like, you know, um, how is your anxiety? How is your depression? Whoop-de-doo, you're a good fucking player. You're a good athlete. I feel like it goes for music and performing too as a performer. I'm like, great. You're a great singer. You're a great actor, whatever. How is your family life? How are your relationships? How is your health and not just your physical health, your mental health? 
How is your spirit, man? Because, just in my opinion, if that's not right, then the other stuff doesn't fucking mean shit. Because one day there's going to be a day where you can't fucking do physically any of those things anymore. <clears throat> and all you're going to have is your mind and your personality. <laughs> and if that's shit, <laughs> then you're just, I feel like you're just straight up not going to have a good time. You know, like if one day you can't do all these amazing things that you attach yourself worth to and all you're left with is your mind and your personality and the and the relationships that you may or may not have or that you may or may not have fucking botched, then what's the fucking point? What's the fucking point of being perfect, being the best, of being cutthroat? What's the point? What is the fucking point? <clears throat> and if you're like one of the, and if you're one of those parents, man, like really think like do you really want your kid to end up like that? Do you want your kid to have to end up going to therapy because of the things that you taught them so early in life that you taught them to fucking hate themselves for the tiniest things? <coughs> is that what you want? Some might, some might, some, some of y'all may, may not actually care, because I know my dad didn't, because when I told my dad that I had PTSD, he asked me why I was so weak. If you're one of those parents, then honestly, like, fuck off, and there's nothing that anybody can do for you, go get help. But ask yourself, like, do you want your kid to fucking turn out like that, just because you didn't do the work to heal yourself? Just because you didn't do the work <clears throat> to correct your own insecurities. You know, just because you have some low self-worth or because you attached your self-worth to something fleeting like the ability to throw a fucking ball or run really fast. And because you can't do that anymore, now you force that onto your kid. You project that onto your kid. Because your inner child isn't healed. Your inner child has been neglected. <coughs> Do you really want that for you, kid? Have you even asked your kid if they even want any of those things? I didn't want to be a pro basketball player. I didn't want to be a pro tennis player. I don't even know if I even wanted to join the military. But I did all those things. <clears throat> because as a parent, you have so much power to influence your child. And... And make them believe that they want things that they may not. Because what do they know? They're kids. You know, it was, it's your fucking job to guide them through life. And you lie to them. It's your fucking job to guide them through life. Because you assume that this is your biological child. You brought them into this world. And even if it's not your biological child, you took responsibility for this life to guide them through life. And you lied to them. <clears throat> you lied. You didn't let them find their own way. You made them believe that they had to follow yours for your own selfish reasons. That they had to make your dreams come true because you couldn't make them come true for yourself. Fuck you. If you're one of those parents, then I <clears throat> highly suggest that like 
you stop and, and think about what you're doing to your kids because because you really don't want them to end up like me. And at this age, not being able to regulate emotions over simple fucking things, simple shortcomings. That's ass, bro. <laughs> that sucks. So, <clears throat> definitely, um, definitely something that now I know I need to look out for. And something that I know that even though I've been doing a lot of work to heal, it is something, this is something that will probably be <clears throat> in me, with me for a very long time. And I have to monitor it. If I'm going to be able to keep on competing and like, and honestly just, you know, it's just more, just part of continuing to do the work to, to heal from, you know, all the things that have happened to me and to, you know, get to this road to being, continue to this road, this journey to being a well-adjusted emotionally regulated adult so <clears throat> so yeah that's my two cents on that um but thank you for listening don't forget to follow me on all my other social media n-i-c-q-u-e-m-a-r-i-n-a on all social media platforms tiktok instagram youtube um <coughs> twitter and um and um thank you so much for listening and i'll see you at the next episode of nick talks Mwah.